1: Sorry about the noise, my neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto, don't work on your deck, play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck, low maintenance with a 25 year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Lifter.
0: Welcome to another big week of the Jack and Flash show right here on SEN Hobart and SEN Track across the northern part of the state where I'm joining from today, Coles Beach in Devonport. Of course, right around the country on the SEN app, thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate experts. Well, Never has a phrase been, well, probably more appropriate. The old football show used to say, what a big week it's been in football. And David Flash go it's been a big week in Tasmanian sport and a big week for this show. when we clocked off last week at 9am and uh, and I coined the, uh, the missing persons report for Tim Payne, little did we know that the bombshell that was about to drop that afternoon um, was one that well, it certainly rocked me, mate, and certainly rocked you, Flash. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Jack Pup. Yes, it was... Um, yeah, we didn't see that coming, that's for
2: sure. It's been a, a huge, huge weekend sport in Tasmania for us, uh, as friends, as colleagues, the Australian community. We're talking about the Australian captain here. It's an enormous uh, figure uh, in life, public life and sporting life, and uh, a lot's happened. He's not the skipper anymore. Um, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later on, but it's been a yeah incredible week, um, and I know you and I've had a you know we've had conversations with Tim, we've had texts with Tim, and we're watching how it's played out a week later, and it's uh, it's pretty hard to get your head around still, mate. I think, but you know I think we've got lots of good stuff to talk
0: about today. We certainly have, Flash. But am um, I'm really interested to get the public opinion because it's been the uh, I think in terms of people in the industry. Um, you've only got to look at the way Cricket Tasmania supported Paney. There's been a real Tick. strong push for, for, for supporting him and and, and the position that, that he's taken. Um, so I'm looking forward to hearing talkback texts today. Talkback, obviously, 1342 1533. 15, 33. All the text lines, which are always open, we look forward to hearing from you today. And those 0437 552 535. So let's strip it back, Flash. When did you first know that that this was on the cards? We sort of, we probably should have coined onto something early on. That, that, that there were two shows in a row. Well, you he, did he coin hadn't on come on. In fact,
2: if you if you actually look back, it sounds like you knew exactly what was going on in hindsight with the way you uh, just sort of flippantly. Well, the, I didn't. Um,
0: no, I certainly you, did, you did not. not. No. So it's um. Well, first, first things first. Well, H- how does it hit you? Like so. Sort of the rumbling sort of around twelve o'clock, when the press conference got announced, um, Blunston Arena. Yep. How did it sit in your feeling when you hear when you heard that he was stepping down, and, and, and something from four years in the past had reared its head, and, and that was the reason?
2: Well, I didn't sort of hear he was stepping down. That I don't think any of us knew, but certainly mid morning, uh, I had some. Dialogue with some various people that this was uh, on the agenda. It was a topic that I was aware of, and I must admit I thought it was a little bit more common knowledge but from four years ago about the incident, which we we probably don't really need to talk. But we we've talked about that, or the world's talked about that. at I guess at uh, wit's end over the last week. Um, and I did get to actually have a brief chat with Tim beforehand, uh, and he was rattled. Um, it was very. It was very. Um, yeah, one of those conversations you always remember. But he was still um, very, you know, de- de- defined about it. And that was probably 45 minutes before the press conference when we saw it all. And you know what, Jackie boy, I don't cry much, mate. I actually don't cry much at all, which is not fine. People cry all the time. People don't. It doesn't matter. I probably don't cry a lot. But I was, I, I couldn't. When, when I listened to it all, um, you and I are just good mates at Tim. That's all we are. But it uh, means a lot to us. I uh, I was inconsolable for about uh, 10 minutes. Had to have some time on my own. Parked the car up the road. I was in the car at the time and listened to it. And I just felt dreadfully sorry. And then, then it's an extension of that, Jack, isn't it? It's an extension of his brother, Nick, a mate of yours and mine, family, and everybody involved um, from, from whatever angle you're looking at. It's, it's not a great time because I, you know, my biggest thing is now I, I just don't want all this good work undone. That he's done over the last four years, because he has had an incredible time as leader of this country, and I think, and we'll talk about perhaps that a little bit more in the segment. But um, look, this is a hard one because obviously it's so detrimental for the family. It's it's opened up new wounds, uh, mum and dad, brothers and sisters, Bonnie and the kids. I mean, I I, I certainly I, I can I can only imagine. In my understanding is it's really really tough, but. Um, and I just look. I just hope we can um, see him in the first test of the Gabba. To be honest, I, and whether that happens, whether that Tim can go there and he's actually physically able to do it, I'm not certain. But um, I don't see a better man for the job at this stage, Jack, at all. I don't think. I think it's a very, very clear cut discussion that if he's right to go, he's ready to go. Um,
0: he's the first keeper at the uh, the test in in Brisbane. We will delve into that a little bit later in this segment. But I just want to take you back to the 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 flatness that and as you said that you don't cry a lot and you sort of inconsolable for a, for a period of time there the whisperings out of the the press conference and and neither of us were were privy to go to go along but even um, media people at SEN um, we know that the Tasmanian community is so tight knit and that media com, uh, community is so tight knit that the journalists were so just distraught that um he is the, the the golden child of Tasmanian sport at the moment and you we've had the, something sort of t- taken away for us. it was I won't say like a death in the family, but it, it, there was a real sense of mourning wasn't there that that someone that we we're, we're, a lot of Tasmanians have, have looked up to has had something so well what I would deem as a private, Brought into the public eye, and and the, and the ramifications and the fallout have, have been huge. What's how, how's he tracking? So he's a he's a he's a very strong-willed person, painting very um, and determined, and a lot of things that would rattle uh, other people slide straight off his back, and he doesn't worry about it. In your dealings with him, post. Um, the announcement last Friday, and we both chatted to him a little bit. How have you felt that he's, he's come across?
2: Uh, he's always very defined, and, he's, and he's, secret, he's tough as nails, doesn't get talked about, and he's a very optimistic sort of character uh, in terms of his, um, you know, how he's travelling, etc., uh, etc. Et but I certainly got a message or two which suggested, mate, um, that this whole thing on the the broader spectrum, and that's, again brothers Nick and nobody in particular and Bonnie and stuff it's bloody hard it's really hard and you know I guess you know these these types of level and you've, you're at that level yourself where you're a big name in the in the sport in Tasmania in the country etc and the scrutiny that you can come under um, doesn't mean just because you've reached the top and you are that person that you actually adapt to handle it you know it, it, it's 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 something I can only imagine uh, how I would deal with it and I'm not sure you know I'm not sure that I'd be capable when so on on every paper and every story but you know what I'm really excited about Jack is that everybody to me that gives a continental and really understands the issue and um, I, I guess like even back to cricket Taz's initial, Um, press conference, I mean, they come out very defiant. They know more than you and I, don't they? They know how this thing transpired at Cricket Australia. I heard Nick Cummins on during the week. He's with Cricket Victoria now, of course, and the way they spoke about it. It was a very clear-cut decision. Um, The families dealt with it. Bonnie dealt with it. um, Tim's dealt with it. To bring all these wounds back up again... Um, this can just be destructive for families. I, my wish is now that, firstly, they can pe- pencil or piece all that together and everything, um, and they can get on with their lives. In, and then on the back of that, if that means he, like I mentioned before, if he's ready to go, let's get to the gabber mate. I can't wait. You know, let, Let's get back in there um, and finish with some credence, some quality, uh, and, and that he deserves. That That's that's my only focus. And if, again, once everything else, Jack, is sorted, family's the most important thing, mate. You know, and that stuff behind closed doors that they're all going through now, that's bloody tough.
0: So the role of the Australian Test Captain is arguably second to only the, the, the Prime Minister um, of the country, it is a big, big decision to Huge. step down. When all said and done, this has been dealt with privately four years ago. And and do you think it was it a hasty decision? Was it the right decision? Should he have waited to see uh, before? The, should he have waited to ma- to see maybe when this may, was made public? The reaction from. From the media, the reaction from the public as to standing down—whether it's the right thing to do—do Or do you reckon he just thought he needed to grab mm. the bull by the horns and and, and suck it up and make the go. decision himself?
2: I would think if you canvass most people that you and I know, uh, peripheral people, um, friends, acquaintances, etc., that cricket people, to a, almost to a person, people keep saying to me is, "Why did he stand down?" Why did he stand down? You know, what the hell was going on? What what was Cricket Australia doing, etc.? And I certainly understand that. Um, my initial feeling, though, Jack, was when it happened was, right, boom, courage. You've stood up there uh, and said, that's it. Now, I'm not sure that's what Tim wanted to do, by the way. And he hasn't said that to me, so I'm not indicating anything. But I thought initially, courage, you've taken all the heat out of this issue. You've stood up, fronted it, and... Um, Like a you know a a human being of quality, which he certainly is, and took all the heat out of it straight away. So it's got you know took the sting out of the issue. So I look at it and think, yes, I wish he was captain, and probably he shouldn't have stood down. But by going down that path, rightly or wrongly, I do feel like that it's um, it it takes the pressure off the Australian camp. So when they start at the Gabba, assuming he's in the team, which He's got to be in the team, if he's right to go. That They can concentrate on the cricket a little bit more. Um, I felt like he deserved to be captain in this series at home. Absolutely. Of course I did. But maybe it's worked out okay. Do you think like that? Do you think maybe in the hindsight, when, how it happened, that this is the way forward? That we're, Time's only going to tell, by the way. We're only surmising here at the moment.
0: Yeah, no, look, I'm... I've obviously been involved in professional sport now for 16 years that these st- stories like this happen. Sometimes it's best to just sit on your hands a little bit and, and actually gauge the severity, uh, gauge... The you can't kind of believe the he's not Skipper, can you? You can't no, believe No, I, 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 I... Let's think, be frank. I think that he may have pulled the... the Pulled that rank a bit early, um, but do, was it him though?
2: Was it he, no, or did he no, have any choice well,
0: in it? I've got, I've got no idea, Flash. I, yeah, I'd be guessing, but but something like the Australian captain, he'd be being, being advised on 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 what move would be best to to obviously protect. Um, well, first and foremost, as you said, his family, and, and then I think also the. Um, how prestigious that the role is, but sometimes the the best thing to do, though, Flash, is to is to actually just just stop and take and take a breath. And um, whether it's a rush decision or not, we'll we'll probably never ever find out. But at the end of the day, he's uh, no longer the Australian cricket captain. But um, the one thing that he has got, Flash, is he's been supported to the hilt, uh, oh my gosh. And, and even even last night. We've got a little edit here from Ricky Ponting talking on the front bar about Tim Payne's chances of playing in that first test.
2: Um, I've been keeping a pretty close eye on things the last week because he's actually got this chance to play a second eleven game. I think he took nine catches and might have scored eight runs in the games. And that's, I think, the biggest worry that the selectors would have had is coming back from injury, lack of cricket, this big cloud hanging over his head as well that he's probably dealt with Better than the public would probably understand. Yep. Uh, I haven't spoken to him a couple of times. Still, still in my um, my opinion, still the best wicketkeeper in Australia, hands down. Um, so I actually think they will pick him for Brisbane.
0: Hands down, Flash. It's uh, it's Ricky. a pretty sort of strong support but, but, for for Painie there. So it's um, yeah. But what's the but
2: what's the other alternative? Can, what is the other alternative? We actually haven't played that much cricket. So you're going to tell me that boom. Just like that, we're going to say, right Oh, Alex Carey or Josh Inglis or whoever it is. That's another discussion. I can't wait to talk with Darren Berry about that, about actually who is the next person. I've been thinking about this for two years, you know, when the day comes. Who's the – and I think we've got a race in four or five, and I have no idea who it is. But right now, you can't pick anyone else but Tim. It's, it, it, you can't. If he's right to go, that's the key. If he's right to go – you know, in a mental space, Jack, that, um, and the family stuff, which is the tough thing, um, he's okay and allows him to do it. Mate, you're playing, you know, and, and we'll see what happens. Is this the perfect finale that now? You play an Ashes series, you finish on top, you belt the Poms again. For the third time in a row, Shane Warne, I'll get to you shortly, but he's, you know, he's had a super successful time, um, lost twice to India with their 1.5 billion people, and they're going to be very hard to beat over the next 100 years, 200 years. Look, yeah, I don't see any scenario where they can't pick him. I actually don't, and I've looked at it, pulled it apart. Nothing to do with our friendship. I don't understand how it's possible. So Relationship. Ricky's not Nostradamus here. We all anybody can, It's good to hear Ricky say it, but it's pretty obvious, I guess, is where I'm coming from.
0: Well, we say it pretty obvious. It's uh, very um, – well, I, I'd like to – the relationships between keepers and bowlers are important. And we know we've had Nathan Lyon on the show, but he was he was strong and steadfast yeah, in the sure. support for Tim Payne, a couple of the audio grabs here.
3: I've got a lot of time and a lot of support for, for Tim. Um, I, I love him to death, to be honest with you. And Tim, Tim made a mistake. He – four or so years ago and uh, he's taken a lot of courage and, and owned that mistake and and I've got no no dramas with with Payne at all. I'm actually really looking forward to seeing him and, and yeah, and we'll go on, go on from there. Oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, Tim, Tim's done an incredible job for, for Australian cricket over the, the last four years. And I think uh, that goes, flies under the radar a fair bit you? Uh, to be honest with you, um, and just from inside the change room, he's he's extremely loved by every everyone inside that change change room, from from the the staff to to all the players. So I I know talking from on 100 percent from every bowler, um, you want your best keeper there, and Tim is the best keeper in the, in the world in my eyes. So well, I've got no drums. I, I, I want him there.
0: The great Ricky Ponting mm. said, "Best keeper in the country." The greatest of all time spinner said, "Best keeper in the world." It's a. Uh, well, it really hap. Really has to happen. Um, that one. Well, this is the question I will ask you, Flash. Is do you think Paney wants to play the first test?
2: That is a super question. Uh, I. W- I hope. I wish, and I hope the answer is yes, because that means that he's feeling like we can. We're getting on top of. Uh, Everything at home. Maybe that's going to take time, and maybe he doesn't go into it um, with everything fully healed. But uh, I think he wants to play, but I don't can't say with a surety that he will. Mm.
0: Interesting one, mate. Interesting. Off the text. This one comes from George in Clarence Vale. Really yeah. hope Tim can put this beyond him and play in the Ashes. One mistake shouldn't undo everything. Here, here, George. Well, we've got a massive show coming up. Flash is holding onto a few receipts, which I think he might serve oh, up after yeah, a little okay. quick break here. But we have Genius. got Tasmanian legend Richie Port, who is back in quarantine in Launceston. He'll be joining us around 8.30. Uh, of course, the draft was held over the last two nights. Young Sam Banks.
2: No, oh, you've rigged us. Tasman- How did that
0: happen? Young <laughs> so Tasmanian kid will be heading to the Mighty Tigers. What a great history Richmond oh, have had. Beautiful. With Tasmanians. Kid. Uh, and at the Richmond Football Club AFL Tasmania CEO Damon Gilby chatting some draft with us and of course Flash you mentioned Darren Berry will be joining us to chat all things wiki keeping for a little smidgen at the end of the show this of course is Jack and Flash on SEN Hobart and around the country on the SEN app well we left you we just chatted about Tim Payne there and, uh, and everything that's been happening with him and our man well my man David Flash let's go You've held on to a few receipts, Flash, well, and I... Well, before actually, before I get your receipts, I've, the text has been going bonkers, and I thought it might have been people texting in to say, Hey boys, what's well, with all the ads? Answer. Where have your <laughs> glorious voices gone? But this one here, Morning Jack and David, there is no question in regards to who should have the gloves. And that one, unfortunately, doesn't have a name attached to it. Don't forget to attach your names. This one here, Feeling for pain in his family and everyone involved. comes from Steve. Quick one for me. Jack, did you ever participate in a footy carnival down the west coast of Tasmania and during that carnival win a kicking comp at about 97, 98? Uh, solve a 20 year argument for it. Cheers, Corey and Lutano. Flash won the chicken feed kick in the bin competition up at Bernie once. Come up here with the old did man. You? So I don't know whether that's the right one, but certainly <laughs> kept the receipts from everything <laughs> I bought in chicken feed that day. But you've been holding on to a few receipts. And look, don't miss yeah. when you go here. Don't miss because. They might serve back, and I want you to be ready. So well, I doubt away... it. Before we go here, I mean, let's be clear. I don't think Shane Warne gives
2: a stuff when I say. Um, I don't think he gives a stuff when anybody says, for that matter. But what he has become, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, he's become the the Dawn Fraser of Australian sport. Now, I can't remember Dawn. I'm a bit older than you, Jack, but not that old. And, but my old man raves about her. said she was just an incredible, incredible athlete. She was a great Australian, still is. But some of the rubbish that's come out of her mouth over the last 30 years when she was just dial a quote, go to Dawn, see what Dawn says, used to just, look, especially over the last 20 years I've become an adult, I think back, how are you asking this woman about opinions, about stuff that really doesn't matter? Shane Warner's become that. This vendetta he's had with Tim Payne has gone before he was selected. Now, I spent about two hours on this two days ago, and I found about a hundred and thirty quotes where he's bagged out Tim Payne. Suggesting why. <clears throat> now I'll give you a couple of snapshots. Back in two thousand and seventeen, on the seventeenth to the eleventh, just before the Ashes, and remarkably, we remember it well. Obviously, Tim had got back into the team. Quote: Shane Warne. England is much better placed than Australia, and as in particular, I remain confused by the selection of Tim Payne. What purpose does he have in that team? That was four years ago. I won't read you all these quotes, earlier this year, it's time to move on from Tim Payne. His tactics are terrible. Um, Tim Payne's had a shocker the last couple of years as captain. His batting's not good enough. Shane, in the last two series that I have down here, now my stats might be wrong, he's averaged 42 and 38 with the bat. His last two full years of Shield cricket, he's averaged sub-40 both years. Runs, runs, runs. His figures so far as captain of Australia, he's 23 games, he won 11, lost 8, he lost twice to India, we know that, the best side in the universe by a mile, one of them without Steve Smith, he's, he's got a percentage of 49% winning rate, Tim Payne, now just to put that into a bit of context, Michael Clarke, uh, 51%, Mark Taylor, now you go back to Kim Hughes he was 16% Greg Chappell was 42 Alan Border 34 there's one outlier Ricky Thomas Ponting 61% so his record is very very similar to the greats of previous time and I believe he would have gone in front of them Jack excuse me for a second he would have gone in front of them uh, with a 3 or 4 nil win uh, this year against the Ashes. He would have gone above them all and finished perhaps second behind Ponting. I'll talk about the keeping stats later on because they're phenomenal. He's all-time great. But, Shane, stop it. Seriously. I mean, the, the garbage that comes out, like, you've got to have some facts and do your research, son. I'd love to read some of these. Look at these other ones I've got here, like... Anyway, let's go on about it. Let's go I don't on want to talk about I it. i just can't it can't just not you've,
0: you've just sunned Shane Warren.
2: Well, one Blushed. more. Hold on. One more. I'm going <laughs> go hard. Just on. one more. He's the second of all time for catches, stumpings per match. Of all time. He has the second best record of all time. Shane, let it go, Cobber.
0: I'm out. That's all I've got. Clip, clip, clip. That was uh, Stephen. <laughs> What's the guy from America, Stephen um, oh, A. Smith? Mate. You've just <laughs> clipped Well... A- a- ta- am I wrong,
2: though? I'm happy to be pulled up. If anyone's got any questions
0: about that, please pull me up. No, we love it when the list goes off and you've just gone off there. Flash, we've spoken cricket, but one thing that we have pushed on this show more than anything else is, of course, AFL football. Two AFL finals this year in Tasmania. We're building to March to see whether Tasmanian licence will be approved, in what capacity, we're not sure yet. But the man at the head of AFL Tasmania is, of course, the CEO, Damien Gill, and he joined us on the line. Damien, welcome back to Jack and Flash.
4: G'day, Jack and Flash. I just need to steady myself after listening to a Flash get really worked <laughs> up there. Uh, you've got He's... to get Warnie on at some point and watch them go head-to-head, I reckon.
0: He no, is wound up, wound up, David Flash. <laughs> well. How are you, Damien? Very, very well, Flash. Very, very well. You must be, Damien, you must be pumped. Uh, obviously, overnight, as pumped as I am, uh, overnight we've had <laughs> yeah. another Tasmanian drafter, young Sam Banks, taken with pick 29 to the Richmond Tigers. Uh, it's a kudos to AFL Tasmania, and uh, I know that you know Sam... Well as well, mate, you must be uh, super stoked for, for Tasmania football and for Sam.
4: Yeah, it's it's terrific. Um, really good character, good kid, comes from the middle of Tasmania in Oatlands, uh, played a lot of good footy for the Devils and Clarence over the journey. Um, just, yeah, just a great story, well-deserved, prepares himself ever so well, has done all the hard work and uh, deserves what comes next and I think he'll be a great pick for the Richmond Footy Club, and it continues that nice connection uh, your mob have with, with our state and, and even Clarence Footy Club. Uh, Jeremy Weverly did send me a cheeky text saying it was the best pick by Richmond since pick 67 in 2009, and I'll save you Googling, that was him. So uh, <laughs> there is a bit of a connection there between uh, Tasmania and even Clarence and the Richmond Footy Club, but they've got an absolute beauty in Sandbanks.
0: Of course, we'll be chatting to Sam Banks just after eight. I don't know whether he's speaking to anyone from Richmond yet, but it could be the first interaction that he has with someone from Tigerland. But Dame, we've got you on board to, uh, on board today to chat a little bit about the Tasmanian push and um, some news coming out recently during the week was the forming of the actual committee that's going to help steer the government and steer AFL-TAS and the AFL through this process in uh, in terms of getting to the March date when we are voting on the fact of Tasmania getting a licence. Can you give us a little bit of an insight to, to what your dealings have been over the last week and, and how you've seen the AFL's move from that point?
4: Yeah, I think it's really encouraging news. Obviously, it, it shows that AFL are putting genuine muscle behind this and that it's incredibly important not just for tasmania but for the afl this process so travis old um who's obviously on the executive of the afl and sam graham will be leading the work with with the task force and they'll be undertaking the key steps recommended in the carter review that the dropped this year and and they'll be working through a range of different matters Stadia uh, um, is obviously a big ticket item, but basically all the different modelling that was put forward through the Carter review, basically to get it ready to put to a final position to the clubs uh, at some point next year once the, the financial position of the competition clubs is, is known and well established. So uh, from where I sit, that's just really exciting because it shows everyone's take it, taking it incredibly seriously and,
2: and working together, which is, which is fantastic. Gilly, how much time do you, like in your role, do you actually put into the the venture going forward?
4: Well, Flash, it's something that we've been separated from for quite a period of time and quite deliberately, like AFL Tasmania's main purpose is around community and local footy um, and that's where we focus our energies and where we can have our biggest impact. But um, just recently this week, we've obviously been running a wide-scale uh, review and look into local footy and the the structures and everything that goes with it to set up a vision and purpose for the local game and we're trying to do that separately to the task force work but as we've got to the pointy end of our project it's it's made sense to actually come together particularly around pathways and facilities and and the top end of the player pathway in Tasmania and align our work with the task force and work closely with them so From here on, I think uh, we'll be working a whole lot closer together. Um, And I think, you know, that's important because the consultation and work we've done and the conversations we have on a daily basis with local footy ensures that the people in the footy community in Tasmania will be well represented through the process and we'll make sure of that. So uh, that's exciting as well. And um, it just means that we link all timelines on all key decisions to off the back of what we know is happening with the AFL. Uh, and then we can shake out what it looks like for the totality of Tassie footy from there. So, yeah, no, it's 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 a big year coming up.
2: And, Gilly, as far as your um, observations, I mean, you have really uh, seen you around so many different footy venues over the last couple of years, which I've really appreciated, whether it's the, obviously the TSL, it's been the Old Scholars, it's been footy up the north and Scottsdale, South Launceston, et cetera, whatever it is. I know the great Andy Bennett, he loves going to the Outlands games and, and really delving into the, the community spirit and what is footy in Tasmania. What's your observation? What What's the one thing that sort of sticks in your mind of having watching footy in Tasmania, how we're placed and going forward to continue to or improve and get some of the structures better? Do this, go left, go right. What is it? Is there something in particular that you've really, you know, that, that's come across your mind in these couple of years when you've, been around the traps having a good look around
4: yeah i think it's just important um and signify a little bit through uh, the afl announcement working together with the task force because when it comes to tassie footy where we've been guilty in the past and probably still are in a lot of respects is we don't work together well uh, and we eat our own a little bit so that's something i'm really cognizant of and um the great man Andy Bennett that you referenced and, and others within my team, that's what we're working a lot on is trying to get people on the same page and working together and having a, a common set and of I guess, values and trying to put in principles in place as to why we exist, why we do what we do and how we interact um, between leagues, between clubs. I think that's a big thing. Um, and I would say that it's probably the best it's been in my time at AFL Tasmania. So I've been five years or so now, and I feel like the state is more together than ever. And I think a big part of that is the AFL push. And, uh, we, you know, people still harp on about north, northwest, Tas, uh, southern TAS sort of divide. I don't think that's really a thing anymore. We're, we're much more together as a state. But that remains a work in progress in regions and in clubs to make sure we we all understand the way we should work together and, and push for the, the betterment of the whole of footy and not just our one club or one, one team or, or one competition.
0: Uh, Gilly, before we let you go, mate, uh, obviously we spoke about Sam Banks off the top uh, being drafted. Quickly, or just give us briefly, uh, t- who are the couple of names you'd love to see go in the rookie draft pre-season draft today from, from the Tassie boys?
4: Yeah, there's probably three that spring to mind. Baker Smith and, a, and an athletic key back. He's 197 centimetres from Clarence. Uh, I hope his name gets called out. Tyler McGinnis, another one, who's a, an interceptor from North Hobart. Tall, poise. Uh, he's an overager, so I hope he gets his chance. And then Ollie Sanders from, from North Lonnie. He's a prolific ball winner. Good decision maker. Lovely left foot. Um, yeah they're probably the main three and then uh, also from a tazzy point of view i hope jay lockhart gets another chance through uh the gws giants who he's he's been linked with but uh they'd be the main ones jack and hopefully we see another couple
0: tazzy names called out hopefully do mate we're loving the work you're doing for afl Taz. thanks for joining us Damien gill afl tasmania ceo mate uh well hopefully uh Like Flash, we were saying there, we can have a few more names right out in the draft. And of course, Young Sam Max will be joining us after the break. And we'll chat all things, or after, sorry, after eight o'clock. So this is Jack and Flash on SEN Hobart. Flash, man, it is a, well, what a glorious day it is today. I've woken up and looked across Bass Strait. The sun's shining, there's not a breath of wind. Richmond have just selected in the draft five picks inside the top 30. And of course, the big pick, pick 29, a young man from the Clarence Footy Club, now going to be plying his trade at the Richmond Football Club. Very exciting, very, very exciting to have young Sam Banks on the line. Sam, firstly, welcome to Tigerland. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate it, mate. Unbelievable. (laughs) Unbelievable, mate. Where did you watch the draft last night? Were you with your family and what did it feel like when your name was read out?
5: Yeah, I was just at home with the family. Um, yeah, so mum and dad. I got a couple. Of, I got twin sisters. Um, and then had a couple of mates, um, and my girlfriend was here as well. So, wasn't too big, but you know, it was enough to make it very, very special. And yeah, when the name got read out, I, I was, um, I was in pure shock for probably a minute or two. But yeah, got a few calls and texts from a lot of people from Richmond, and um,
2: yeah, it's just just a dream come true. Sam David Lithgow, congratulations, mate! Well done! What a magnificent evening must be for you and your family. I will let you know here. Surrounded by tiger nuffies, you, the first <laughs> bloke you spoke to, Mitch Scott, on the phone, he's pushing all the buttons here for us. He's the biggest tiger nuffie I've ever seen. He's jumping out of his skin. You've got the three-time Coleman medalist on the other end. He's excited. You must be excited. How good's this? No. Oh, like I said to Jack before, it's an
5: absolute dream come true. It's, um, oh, it's, haven't even started yet and jumping out of my skin. But, um, you know, I just can't wait to get over there and meet all the boys and, yeah, get cracking.
2: So when you're sitting down over the, you know, and also the last week or two, did you thought, did you actually think to yourself, was there, you know, is it the generic line, I don't care where I go? or did you have a couple sneaky favourite teams maybe you would like to, to get to, and was Richmond one of them? Um, well, I've
5: always been a Hawks man growing up. Um, and I Sorry did have to an hear interview that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did have an interview with them last week, so um, I didn't know if there was a bit of interest there or not. Um, and they sort of had a few picks from around the range that I was getting told from everyone, so... Uh, I didn't know if that was gonna be if that was gonna work out or not, but um yeah, I couldn't be more happy to end up with
0: the Tigers. Run us through the, the oh, I suppose the courting process, Sam, in terms of you've just said there that you had a, a meeting with Hawthorne recently, um, affected this year due to the, the COVID restrictions and in terms of draft camp and, and preparation. How many clubs do you actually speak to before before the draft and how many meetings have you had over the last fortnight in terms of clubs showing interest?
5: Uh, over the last fortnight, I only actually only had the one that contacted me personally. But they went; most of the clubs were going through Timmy Hayes, with my manager. So um, that as of late, um, but during the year. So when we went, I still got to go over to the the NAB Academy camp um, in Melbourne. Um, even I broke my wrist four days before for it, unfortunately, so I couldn't play. But um, I still went over there and had a few like sort of speed dating interviews, as they call them, um, over there. And then another few of them at at our testing day during the year. So um, throughout the year, I spoke to 17 out of the 18 clubs. um, But sort of thorough interviews, I guess, like the longer ones, I spoke to nine. So, um, yeah, that's how that sort of
0: worked. Speaking to the new Richmond draftee and Tasmania's own Sam Banks taking pick 29 by the Tigers last night in the NAB AFL draft. The, the wrist injury, mate, it's it's the one thing that's... Well, there's a lot of things that have held young men back from playing football this year, COVID, but, but you personally, the wrist injury. Give us an update, mate, on, on, on where that's at. Are you fit and firing for, for pre-season, which will roll around on Monday?
5: Yeah, I've got... Um, I had to have another surgery. So the first time I broke it, I didn't have surgery. They just, um, they just fixed it up, like, straightened it and whatnot on the night. Um, but it didn't come didn't come 100% good. So I had another another op on it um, late October and now I am think it's about eight weeks um, post-operation and I'm feeling pretty good. Um, Sort of the outside I is still a bit sore and stuff where the ligaments are, but I'm hoping that 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 all fixes itself in the next two or three weeks and,
2: um, yeah, get cracking and hopefully it's all good, yeah. Tell us about Sam Banks as the player, mate. Um, you've dreamt about this your whole life and you, you're getting to realise your dreams being picked up by the Tigers and, and footy's all in front of you. What does Sam Banks bring to the table for the Richmond Footy Club, whether it's next year or, you know, two, three, four years down the track? What, Where do you see yourself fitting in? How are you going to do it and what's your role? And and briefly tell us about stuff that you you feel like you can compete at the AFL level.
5: Yeah, so in the last couple of years, I've sort of made a transition back to the halfback flank and out onto the wing. Um, probably my biggest weapon as a footballer would be my kicking, so um, that's where I try and use that to uh, the best of my abilities, I guess. Um, and I'm hoping, like, in the, as you said, in the next three or four years, I, I'm pretty pretty lean at the moment. I will admit, um, so hopefully I can put in, put on a bit of size and whatnot. And um, yeah, in years to come, maybe transition into the midfield and. And give that a crack as well so um you yeah, see how
0: that goes flash there's nothing more than a nothing more appetizing than hearing a man talk Ooh, about how good of a kick, kick he is as a key forward <laughs> that just i can tell i'll be texting Lynchy straight after this and we'll be licking our lips i saw Love. sam play <laughs> twice only last year um is a beautiful kick, and
2: yes you will be licking your lips as you Sam starts his career, Jack, and of course you're at the tail end of his career Don't I wonder wind me if up you've yet, got Flash. one or two years of just, just
0: surmising. Sam, you mentioned there that you uh well, you think there's some, some room to improve in the gym. I also caught a little and a bit of half back flank action there. I caught a little a snippet from an interview that you did with someone else, I'm not sure who it was, but you spoke about um, likening that your game style to Jaden Short. Now, I can tell you right now, when Shorty walked through the doors uh, maybe six years ago, I think, as a rookie pick, he was about 50 kilos ringing wet, but he had beautiful foot skills. So I've got a feeling you weigh more than 50 kilos, but you can can become Jaden Short, but please don't become the pest he is because you will soon learn. When Monday rolls around and you walk in those doors, there is one bloke constantly talking, and that's when I'm not there, and that is Jaden Short. He will he will be a great guide for you, but please, please don't take up the talking. <laughs> oh, that was, I guess there's always
5: one at the club, mate. That oh, you know, yeah, as you said, like that's probably one bloke that I've looked up to, sort of player-wise, Jaden. But yeah, hopefully I'm not too much of a pest.
2: Tell, tell us about some of your teammates over the last year or two, um, Sam. Are like, in your from your perspective, playing with some of the guys, there's obviously the rookie drafts this afternoon. Damien Gill was on earlier and mentioned a couple of the guys that uh, he thinks that, you know, are a chance today. From your perspective, being rubbing shoulders with a couple of the, the guys that have been mentioned, is there one or two in particular that you'd love to set a list and think from, you know, is a ready-made AFL player going forward?
5: Yeah, I think there's a few sneaky chances today. Um, there's, a, there's a key forward and a key back down here in Will Splann and Baker Smith. Um, Splann, he's actually he's my I think he's my third cousin or something like that. So there's a connection His son there. of Gary Splann? Um, yeah, he is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So he's the he's the big forward. Um, hopefully, he gets a sniff somewhere. Um, and Baker Smith's a key um, defender. And yeah, Bakes is probably one of my better mates. We travel to school most days together and. Um, He's from up in New Norfolk, out in the woods, down here in Tassie. So um, hopefully he gets a crack somewhere. And then there's a couple of older boys as well um, in Tyler McGuinness and Ollie Sanders that have had really good years. Um, So hopefully, yeah, hopefully someone gives at least one or two of them a a crack at um, getting a spot next year. So, yeah.
0: Flash, I uh, actually played against Gary Splann. There you go. That's showing my age a little bit. In a twos game against North Hobart, and he played in the ruck. I remember, he had the big long skins on down to his knees, and belted <laughs> the living suitcases out of me. I think I might have been fifteen or sixteen <laughs> at the time, but just shows uh, shows how old I am getting. Well, one question, um, Sam, and you would have you've been watching this closely. Is the Tasmanian push for an AFL teammate? Let's say you. you Let's say all things go well. You, you roll up to Richmond and you play a few games next year. You possibly even sneak into a finals team. Maybe playing a couple of premierships early on, and then the Tasmanian licence rolls around in five times five Settle years there, time. Man, Do you? Would, what would it mean to come home and play footy back in Tassie? Because if I was in your position, I'd be I'd be pretty pretty close to jumping ship and come back down here. Is it something that you've thought about? Is it something that you've dreamt about? Um. I think it's a
5: bit of a funny one. Like when you, when you're growing up in Tassie, like you know, if you want to play at the top level, then you got to make the move. Um, but you know, as you know, Jack, like pulling on the Tassie Guernsey, it's it's yeah, pretty special and something that not many people get to do. So um, I think it'd be unreal to get down here and play and um, yeah, represent your state every week. But you know, if a club like the Tigers give you a crack um, when it's your time, then they do that. So um, yeah, it's. I think you get asked that a bit, like, in interviews and stuff, but um, I guess it'd be unreal to do it one day. Um, but, yes, yeah, so
2: just see how things go. A funny question. He's just answered that because if you asked him that, he just sort of rubber, you know, he dead-bats it with something else. he <laughs> nah, Flash, I'd jump ship. Mate, he's just been I drafted to Richmond 10 <laughs> minutes ago.
0: <laughs> I'm already courting the process. Of, we'll have him at the Tigers while I'm there, and he can service well there, and then... I wouldn't mind moving into a little maybe management role down here in Tassie when the side rolls around, so I'm already planning to see that he could come home. No, not wrong. <laughs> Tunbridge, Tunbridge isn't far from Oatlands, where where Sammy's from. It'd be perfect. No, nah, no, nah, Tunbridge is yeah, only, only 20 minutes away
5: from where I used to live, so you're right. right. be home for sure.
2: And your family, Sam, um, must be terribly excited. Any special moments from anyone in particular last night that you uh, just to finish off with that that was quite memorable for you?
5: Yeah, so I've got one, actually, that comes to mind. I was sitting next to my girlfriend when it happened, um, and my dad had his knee replaced about six weeks ago. The last six weeks, he's been complaining flat out, um, asking for this, asking for that, you know. (laughs) Looked over, and he jumped clean out of his seat. (laughs) <laughs> nothing wrong with his knee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> give me a few tucks, so. Yeah, that's, that's one that stuck out for me and the missus. Dad,
0: just absolutely nothing wrong with his knee anymore. So, um, yeah, that's one for you. Busted, busted, busted. Well, Sammy, thank you for joining us here on SEM, mate. We're really looking forward to you obviously making the move. And for the Tiger supporters out there, it sounds like we've got a, a great young man and also a very handy player. So, thank you for joining us, mate. And best of luck on the journey and sing out if you need anything.
5: Good Thanks, Extra. Can't wait
0: to meet you. Thanks, you Thanks everyone. There we go. Young Sam Bax from the Clarence Football Club drafted last night. Pick twenty nine to the Richmond everyone Football loves Club. Him. Another one off the text here, Flash. This this actually might be a little bit of a theme that's cropping up here. Baker Smith is Maddie Smith from New Norfolk. Uh, oh, Maddie Smith from New Norfolk. It's his son. That's right. He's Maddie Smith belted me in a big grand big final. Big 2000, big. 2006, Clarence played New Norfolk in a grand final, and he oh, absolutely wa- whopped me after I took a hanger. Said I was in for a rough day, ended up kicking four or five, I think, and the room, always got home. So there you go. So don't forget from today, though, uh, from today at 12, head to the SN app to watch what's trending on Bl- uh, on Black Friday. Save up to 40% off with Brack Friday deals now on barbecues galore. This is Jack and Flash on SEN Hobart.
1: Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today on 1629 SEN Hobart. Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Lifkoff.
0: Welcome back to the Jack and Flash show right here on SEN. As always, we're brought to you by Harrison Agents, your real estate experts. This one off the text, Flash Man, Splan to Richmond as well, please. Not many key forwards once Jack pulls the pin. That one comes from, from Wheels. Have you had one come through as well of, of your own personal text or, no, no, uh, no. Off the personal text none there for Flash. One thing we're, uh, one thing we're doing though is we're talking about COVID cases in clubs and players and staff across, the preseason, and it's an interesting one, to uh, to talk about because. The rules have been changing, and and uh, you think about things in, happening all over the world in terms of um, in terms of uh, COVID regulations. Uh, the USA certainly seem to be further ahead of us, and uh, and and you look at the NBA, look at the NFL, you look at um, you look at things that are happening uh, over there in Europe, and and certainly in in uh, England as well, is that the uh, the rules and regulations in terms of players coming out to play, and it's something that the AFL has to cross at this period of time, is that what happens next year when an AFL club gets a case? Now, we've already seen early on in this pre-season that Dion Prestia and Noah Bolter have tested positive at uh, at, at Richmond uh, and their well, I suppose due to government regulations, have been at home now for a quarantine period of, of 10 days uh, and they've been doing their home quarantine. But what happens come post uh, or early next year when we do see, hopefully, a case roll up in, uh, in terms of uh, in terms of an AFL team? So that question was posed to, to Brad Scott and Brad Scott, who now is the KFL Competitions Committee, uh, the GM of football, sorry, He's declared that there won't be any rule changes. So, uh, sorry, there won't be any changes in terms of the way they do things with AFL. So, Flash, uh, what what would you like to see? You're a, you're a big sport follower of of NBA, and they've probably got it right. The Americans. What would you like to see from? Let's say, Patrick Dangerfield test positive to COVID, come round one next year. How does the AFL best go about it, in your opinion?
2: Well, I think what they've done in the NFL and the NBA in particular over the last two years is it gets to the situation where you, it's just an injury, isn't it? So um, the player tips out, he's out for 14 days, he retests and he's available to join the groups afterwards and we just got to get used to living with it. I think we're still a little bit unaccustomed and when somebody gets COVID now, it's like, oh my God, what, what's happened? You know. Well, I think we're all starting to understand that what has happened in some of the bigger brands of sport around the world that... It's very manageable. The show goes on. And um, I've got to say, it was funny when I just turned on and then Brad Scott's reading out. He, he did the second round of the draft picks. And I was like, what's just happened? I, actually, I've gone off tangent here, but I saw him last night reading out, you know, Hawthorne or Sydney pick 30. And I was like, because well, I just turned on. What's Brad Scott doing there that for? Well, that's why he's doing it, because that's his new new job. And I like the fact, Jack, that he said, well, we're not going to change anything else. We're going to work with what we've got. Um you know, I still uh, that you know that moving away for COVID just a second. That, that the only thing is, is I still want the tackler rewarded. I'm still getting a lot of people saying no, 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 no. Um, you know, give the KB was the one, wasn't it? The SCN guru, as he was on here for years, he'd talk about you got to reward the bloke that puts his head in and get the ball. Well. That's the only one for me, but I think I think I think this year. I mean, I'm looking forward to summer, Jack, too, when we can sort of COVID tends to sort of d- disappear a little bit, and we can get some back to normality. And I don't know. I think it's fine. Show rolls on. Circus isn't stopping for anybody, and and the AFL is no different.
0: Well, the AFL have been strong, and Brad Scott's come out and said that he'd like to see COVID or positive COVID cases treated as an injury, which. Yep. It. it, it there's a necessity to do that because we've seen seasons of you know, the season of 2019 20 sorry rolled straight in to, to October and we can't have that again we can't have sides no. having to not be able to field a side because everyone's considered a close contact that's been Was that an asterisk divorce. on that premiership for the
2: team that won that year? Uh,
0: I would have thought that asterisk that would say that it was maybe the hardest one to win um, so certainly <laughs> yeah, certainly, in my eyes it was an asterisk flash but a very very positive asterisk but <laughs> The other rule that you've just mentioned there and rewarding the tackler is that the MRO now, we clarify crackdown on head high contact. So if you make head high contact, you'll expect a suspension. So certainly Flash, not a heap heap going on, um, but I reckon that the AFL might get it right this time. This is Jack and Flash on S N Hobart. Reminder: next Friday we'll be live at a special time at 8 a.m. live from Wilson Homes, and then a special show from 5 p.m. My State Arena Ooh, for the Jack yes. Jumper's debut, NBL yeah, debut. They come. very, very exciting. Seat? After this, though, we're going to have someone who was on my route from Mount Rushmore, Richie Port, to talk all things cycling and ride for ride. Welcome back to the Jack and Flash show here. And as always, you can give us a call on 1342 1533 or send us a text on 0437 552 535. Well, Flash, we kicked our first show off some three months ago and we talked about Tasmania's greatest of all time. It was right off the back of Ariane Titmuss' success at the Olympics. And we threw her name up, we threw Ricky Ponting's name up, and I threw this name up as. As, well, a bit of a personal favourite of mine, just due to the fact that I like my road cycling. That, of course, is Richie Port, our boy up there in Launceston. and he's joining us on the line. Richie, day eight of quarantine. Welcome to the Jack and Flash Show. Thanks for having me on, mate. How are you? Uh, how are you going through quarantine? Day eight, as and as a cyclist, is it all? Are you still training at the moment, or are you just uh, having a bit of a uh, bit of cruisy time to yourself?
6: Yeah, I had to sort of get back into it, um, anyone that's into cycling would know what Zwift is, the online cycling app, which is a bit hard on the head, but uh, I'm going to have a day off uh, today because yesterday I helped the, the wife put the Christmas tree up for the kids and I've stubbed my toe and I've uh, got two, I don't know if they're broken or just bruised toes, so that's just quarantine life, isn't it, with two young kids and
0: uh, yeah, doing household chores. Purely injury there, broken toe from putting up the Christmas tree. Who knew something like that could be so dangerous, mate? A big year for you, um, and, and you, you've obviously started in in Launceston and still come home regularly, or sort of swallow, follow you on Strava, which is another cycling app as well. And you see your uh, your I suppose it's iconic ride where you ride from uh, your training ride from Launceston right up to to Scottsdale, where where David the Flash Lithgow our, our second co-host here is from um, massive year though Criterium to Dauphiné win is that is that a pinnacle for you or still the the third at the Tour de France is, is right up there
6: yeah look I think the, the Dauphiné was always a race that I wanted to win I've been close you know, a few times being second there but um, to finally nail that one off um, 36 years old when you know you're sort of over your peak it was was, was brilliant but I think making the podium last year in the Tour, for me, that was personally just a, a massive satisfaction to, to finally get there in Paris and um, be able to stand up, up there on the Champs it was pretty cool. So, no, look, um, the Dauphin at the same time, it's a, it's a pretty big race there in Europe to win, so yeah, it, it meant the world to me, to be honest.
2: Richie, thanks for joining us, mate, and, and congratulations on, on your career so far. It's been a joy to watch you from, from afar as a fellow Tasmanian. That's what we do, us Tasmanians. We get around each other. How, how do you reflect on the tour? Um, I remember vividly 2016, and, and you, you got yourself up into fifth and the world at your feet, and I think from memory the following year, you went in as fave. Or the top two faves. In fact, I reckon that 2017 and 18, you both went in faves, and those dreadful injuries. Um, how do you look back at the tour, mate? The big one that we all know about, even the the non-cycling people like myself, we know what's going on. Um, you mentioned you getting on the podium last year, which was such a joy to watch. Yeah. I, is it the one that got away, or is it? Or, or how do you look at it in terms of those injuries and what happened with you?
6: Yeah, look, I mean, I've had some fantastic memories from the Tour of you know, riding with Chris Froome when, when he won uh, the Tour a couple of times and Bradley Wiggins as well. But um, personally, yeah, I was just never really able to to you know get up to the podium or, you know, I don't think I was good enough to ever win the race. And you also need a pretty solid team behind you, which, you know, I left Team Sky, which is... Well, at the time was the best team um, going around because I wanted to have a crack at leading. But, yeah, crashing in 2017, 2018, when I probably was in the best form going into the race, um, you know, it's not, not not ideal. But, I don't know, with the, the tour and I, it's just been a, a rocky relationship, you know. the um, you know, you, you go and have one great tour and then the next year you go back and get an absolute kicking, it's just, yeah, it's, a, it's a tough race, um, yeah, and, it's, and the, the level of the young guys coming into the sport now, they're just incredible, so you know, I think I was lucky to get my third spot last year, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that I, I never have to go back to that race, because you know, I absolutely suffered this year, it's, um, and it's not the place to, to go and suffer, it's just not enjoyable for 21 days of hard racing if, you, if you're not there and, and enjoying it. So, so when you, you
2: you lie back and you think about it, like, do you how do you look at France? Do you do you look with agony or ecstasy or just a mix of both? And you know, how do you reflect on your time and at the top uh, and being one of the the main players in the the biggest event in the world?
6: Yeah, look, I mean, of course, it's easy to um, to, to look at all the unfortunate things that I've you know had happened, but I've I've done the race eleven times, which is you know sitting here in, in Tassie, watching the race as a kid and w- watching Australian guys like Robbie McEwen and Brad McGee, you know, and then Cadell Evans, um, you know, taking the race up to the Europeans. It's, um, you know, there, there were times during the tour where you had to pinch yourself that, you know, you were in the in in the biggest race in, in road cycling. I mean, it's the, probably the, the race, like you said, that transcends the sport, but it's also, you know, there's never a moment in the tour where, you know, it's, not stressful. It's just 21 days of absolute mayhem. And, you know, Mm. you you sort of see that now with the crowds back in the race. Um, Last year was quite nice with COVID because, you know, you didn't have the spectators there running along beside us or or getting in the way. And and this year, you know, some of the crashes that happened, it's just, you know, things have to change a little bit in that perspective, I guess. With the, It's just a little bit more dangerous than, than what it used to be. But um, yeah, it's, it's a race I think I'd always enjoy kicking back
0: in and, and watching on the couch um, when I do retire. The Olympics, Richie, was the other big thing that happened this year, obviously postponed from, from 2020, and you went over there and competed in Japan. What's the reflections on the campaign there? And you, you mentioned retirement just then. Is there any chance that we could see you at Paris 2024?
6: Absolutely not. I think this will be this will be my my last uh, next year will be my last season. It's you know I guess with two kids about to start school and and you know my wife's English. I'm Australian, so we have to make a decision of where we come back to. But um, look, you know, Olympics this year was a bit of a strange one, of course, with the whole COVID situation. But um, you know, it was, it was cool to be a part of. It was a shame that it had to to be like it was because I think the Tokyo Olympics. Anyone that's been to Japan knows how well the, the Japanese do an event. So it would have been pretty cool. But you know, I did Rio 2016 as well. So I've had a couple of Olympic experiences, and yeah, it's it's another thing to to tell the kids about, isn't it? Like it's uh, you know quite privileged to go and represent your country.
0: Well, you, you mentioned there that one more year and then you make the decision. Is is Launceston a viable option for you to come back and 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 live to? Is it something that you want to do, be involved in Australian cycling again? Because you do base yourself out of Monaco. Would you could you see yourself moving back to Lonnie and, and being a part of a Australian cycling from a coaching aspect or even just from a an advisor's role? Yeah, look, I
6: mean, Tassie's is definitely the the number one option, yeah, for the for the kids. Um, yeah I think that's the thing isn't it with Taz is you have to move out to realize just how good it is and um, you know we love coming back here with the kids and you know it's quite a privileged lifestyle really there's you know not so many people around and it's just nice and quiet compared to Europe and you know that's that's one thing that um, COVID's really shown is that Europe you know it's just so congested and hard to live but me with cycling, I'm not sure I really, uh, I think once I'm done, I'll be happily, you know, happy to step out of it um, You know, and just ride my bike on a, on a Sunday morning and, and have a coffee. That's probably uh, my involvement with the sport, what it will be, you know, if, um, I've really enjoyed it, but, you know, I think it becomes a job at the end of the day, doesn't it? A bit of a chore, so it'd be nice to, to step away and uh, just live a, a normal life, hopefully in, in Tassie.
2: Richie, perhaps a slightly unusual um, question for you. I've always wondered with cyclists, how do you, how do you make your brass? Like, how do you survive? Do you do you rely on the very quickly? Do you rely on the uh, sponsorship, or do you rely on winning? Just quick, can you briefly sum that
6: up for me? What what's the? how do no, how do you, how do you yeah, stay afloat? I guess it's like like footy, you know. It's um, sponsors. Uh, that's that's what uh, where the money yep. is. It's you know, your contracts all from. You know, for me, like uh, Ineos, I guess, and, that, and that's where the money comes from. You know, the the winnings are. I yes. think it's only you know Aussie dollars. It's like a million dollars to win the Tour de France, which then gets divided between the eight riders and staff. So, you know, that's not where the uh, that's not where the money is in the sport. It's not in the prize money. It's it's just contracts.
2: If you got some advice for Jack, um, he's got the big ride coming up. Of course, the ride, <laughs> the ride for, for Ryan. He, I've got a commend my mate here. He's done an unbelievable job. He he's been all over this. He speaks to Ryan regularly, and it's just such a wonderful cause. He's told me how much heard him about Hobart to oh, Devonport mate. within within 12 hours. Is he is that mayonnaise? um What what should he do? Any what's your what's your final little bit of bits and pieces for the six foot four? 94 kilo cyclists?
6: I think, firstly, you know, you need to look after the undercarriage. And not it's early morning breakfast, but, you know, that is, that's a bit of an occupational health and safety thing, isn't it? So yep. good, good chamois, a bit of chamois cream. Um, but, yeah, look, I think the big fella's done a fantastic job and um, he, he'll be absolutely fine. I saw he got up over Golden Valley there the other day, which is Down pretty from impressive. from there, Rich.
0: Down yeah. From
6: there. yeah, and there's normally a, should be a tailwind as well, shouldn't it? But uh, no, look, I mean that's absolutely brilliant to see. You know, one of the the big names of Aussie rules, you know, helping out a, a, a Tassie batley. You know, it's a fantastic cause, and um, you know, I think yeah, we just got to. I would love to be a part of the ride. So you know, I think that's it, isn't it? We're gonna. She's a she's a marathon, not a sprint, and eat and drink been the legs
0: and happy thoughts and I think we'll be absolutely fine. Well Rich it's certainly going to be a big ride, 284 kilometres and you're more than welcome to come along and join it for even a little bit just to drag my 94 kilo ass over the Midlands there and <laughs> I'm going to need it mate anyone wants to get on board and have a look uh, ride for Ryan on my Instagram. Richie Port. thank you for joining us here on the Jack and Flash thank you, show. Richie
6: Absolute pleasure Cheers fellas.
0: There you go Flash man, a Tasmanian superstar in cycling, Richie career. Port.
1: Harrison Agents. To buy, sell, or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Flash, with Jack Revolt and David Livgill.
0: Welcome back to the Jack and Flash show, and this is an action packed last five minutes here. We're very lucky to be joined on the line, though, by a renowned wiki and the SEN Big Bash commentator, Darren Berry. Chuck, welcome to the show.
7: Thanks for having me, boys.
0: Mate, I know you've had a busy morning, so thank you for joining us for a couple of minutes here right on the end of the show, mate. We were going to chat, obviously, Tim Payne. It's been in the news all week. Mate, is it a fate to complete that we, we have to pick him for the first test at the Gabba, surely?
7: Well, you two are biased, a bit like George Bailey, so you better remove yourself from selection. Come on, what's going on there, George? Put the big boy pants on and just pick the best wicketkeeper in Australia and his <laughs> name's is? Tim Payne. End of George. story, mate. Nathan Good, so Lyons said the same thing yesterday, boys, so you don't need my endorsement. When Nathan Lyons says Tim Payne's the best keeper in the world, I reckon
2: it's done. Chuck, I've, I've always admired how you judge a keeper. Um, I certainly saw you keep enough back in the day, shield games down here at Bill Reeve, etc., and a super quality glovesman that you are. Just briefly, tell tell the people, what is it about Tim's keeping that separates him from the rest? Yep,
7: Um, clean, tidy and equally as good standing back and even just in this second 11 game I watched a few of the highlights at Lindisfarne and you know just some beautifully neat catches standing back to the fast bowlers and I don't think he's got enough credit standing up to the stumps to Nathan Lyon in the last four years, I think he's been superb he did have one bad test match last year in Sydney uh, and Tim and I had a quiet chat about that and uh, you know he asked a few questions and he went away and worked on it In my opinion, he's the standout Australian wicketkeeper. So, you know, forgetting the incident that's taken place, which is unsavoury for all, that's been dealt with years ago. I just can't understand all the hoo-ha. And personally, I'll be very disappointed, boys, if his name's not in the first test.
0: You're a weird bunch wicketkeepers, Chuck. And I mean, I say weird, I don't mean (laughs) that in a derogatory term, but you sort of just hang around each other and... um enjoy each other's company have you have you reached out to Payne at all during the week to to talk to him or is it something you just let let lie for a bit and, and make contact in the uh, in the near future
7: uh i, I did send him a message uh, on the day that it broke and um he, he hasn't come back yet but i think he's got more important people to deal with than me and i know he will in time because i know the quality of the man and that's the other thing that i wanted to say on your radio show this morning that People are sitting in judgment now, sadly, wherever we go. I just want to go on record, and I know you guys already know this, but the quality of the man, yep, he made a bad mistake, and one that none of us can condone, and Tim admittedly has owned that mistake. But Tim Payne is a quality person. He's done a great job leading Australia through turbulent waters, and I'll repeat, if his name's not on that first test sheet, I think the Australian Selectors have really missed a trick.
2: No question about that, Chuck, and we enjoy your endorsing. Let, let's just move forward. Uh, I can't see Tim not yep. playing this series. Who's the next? So we've got Philippi potentially, who's probably off the back of that pack, but along with Kerry, Jimmy Pearson and Josh Inglis. I'm a massive Jimmy Pearson fan. I've watched him live too many times. I love his toughness. His batting's got better, etc. What do you think? You're much more in the position to endorse who might be the next one when it happens.
7: Yeah, no, Flash, you and I are on the same page, to be honest. All the talk will be around Alex Carey and uh, Josh Inglis, and they're both very good. Very, very good. Uh, Carey's a quality man as well. I don't know Inglis, but I, I know his glove work's good. But I'm with you, and maybe I'm a little bit old-fashioned, and, and maybe Jack, because I couldn't bat either, so I always go for the best <laughs> wicketkeeper. And that's, that's Jimmy Pearson, boys in Queensland, uh, and his batting's also, the last few years, he's got two Shield hundreds already this year. So he has. my Very opinion good. is James Pearson. I'm going Pearson, that the selectors will go to Inglis or Carey, but let's hope they uh, just stay with Payne for a little bit longer.
0: Hope they listen no to you, doubt. Chuck. We really appreciate you joining us, mate, and we really appreciate the support for Payne too. We know that he certainly will be getting back to that tech sometime soon. Thanks for joining us. Darren Barry. Hey
7: Jack and Jack, Jack. Just before you go, congratulations too, mate, on being the cousin of Australia's Master Chef. It must
0: be one of the real highlights, mate. I I thought we were going to get through the whole show without Mm -hmm. someone mentioning that. Chuck, I appreciate you coming Ah. on board, mate. Thank you, Chuck. There you go, Darren Barry, Uh, the SEN Wiki Keeping Guru. Flash, we've got a big, big week coming up. Uh, Obviously, next week. We will be doing the show from eight till ten. So if you tune on at seven seven AM and you hear, don't hear us, we're on at eight till ten. But then the big one, the Friday show, five PM. Oh, yes, next Friday at My State Arena for the Jack Jumpers, December three, their first game. I will be so disappointed if I'm not taking the halftime shot. Surely, Painty's away. Oh, surely you, they get me up. Don't forget though. Go Ride for Ryan. Ride for Ryan. Uh, yep. Co. Uh, get on board there. Next up, though, Julian de Stoop. We'll be taking you
7: through nine till twelve. This is Jack and Flash on SEN Hobart.